Hello, welcome to this episode of the Rental Properties Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, my name's Phil. Now today I'll be taking you through a uh, particular issue and topic uh, that is a concern of uh, different bodies, uh, mainly the ATO and also uh, the individual or business taxpayers and that's capital gains on selling of your rental properties. Now when you sell an investment property, whether it's residential property or non-residential, i.e. commercial property, you must declare a capital gains event in your tax return. Now, this can be a capital gain or a capital loss, uh, but uh, the uh, it must still be declared in your return. Now, I'll also show you what you need to look out for uh, when you do declare capital gains and what figures you need to put into your tax return. Uh, I will also be providing general advice and not specific, uh, but general advice on how different business structures can benefit from uh, a lower capital gains tax and uh, subsequently a a lower income tax liability. Okay, so when does a capital gains tax event happen? Well, it happens on the sale of a property. Now, on a sale of a property, there's two separate dates. There's a contract date and there's a settlement date. Now, in the past, a long time ago, uh, the ATO allowed uh, taxpayers, uh, whether individuals or businesses, to use a settlement date. Uh, That was a date where when you received the funds from the sale of the property. However, nowadays, uh, the ATO has changed its regulation around capital gains uh, uh, tax and uh, the date now that we have to use in declaring a capital gain is on the date of the contract. So let's say you signed a contract for sale on the 17th of May 2020 and Due to the nature of the amount, for example, uh, settlement was in on the 17th of July 2020. Now, usually a settlement is allowed for up to 60 days, sometimes 90 days in some circumstances. So in this case, you will receive the funds from the sale of your property uh, on the 17th of July. However, unfortunately, you have to declare the capital gain in your tax return for the year ended 30th of June 2020 uh, because you signed the contract uh, in May 2020. And in fact, the tax office has uh, yeah, the tax office has pre-filled information for some individuals when you sell a uh, rental property. It tells you uh, what date you signed the contract. You might then ask, well, what happens if the settlement doesn't go through? Uh, well, that's when we can uh, make some adjustments and notify the ATO that we declared a capital gain or loss, uh, but however, the settlement did not go through. Uh, and the ATO uh, will take into account these uh, l- uh, little adjustments. Okay, now when working out a capital gain or loss, we take into account the purchase price, Uh, and the purchase date, uh, because the purchase date, again, the date when you signed the contract to purchase the property is important because that will determine whether you've held the property for less than 12 months or for longer than 12 months. So we need purchase price, uh, then stamp duty on the purchase and uh, transfer costs and uh, any settlement costs uh, on the uh, purchase of the property, which you were not previously able to claim. 
Okay, then when we look at the selling costs of the property, uh, we determine what the sale price is. Once a contract's been executed and signed, uh, there's a final sale price that all parties agree to. Uh, now, when you sell a property, uh, there's usually commission on the sale. So uh, usually the agents will charge you somewhere between 1% and 3% commission on the sale. Uh, so obviously uh, that cannot be claimed as an expense. That will get added to what we call the cost base of the property. So there's commission on sale. And there's also any other settlement costs uh, uh, that you were not previously entitled to claim. Now, let's say your property is vacant, uh, in which case you may not be entitled to deductions on holding costs. Say, for example, land tax, uh, rates, uh, insurance, interest on loans. If you are not entitled to claim a deduction because the property was vacant, uh, for the because it is uh, vacant, and uh, now nowadays. Uh, there are laws around vacant property uh, and holding costs uh, that you generally cannot claim those as a deduction. These get added onto what we call your cost base. So that means the cost price of your property will be your purchase price plus stamp duty and transfer costs plus any settlement costs that you are not entitled to claim plus commission on the sale price of your property plus any holding costs uh, which you were not entitled to a deduction for. So any interest on loans that you did not claim, any uh, expenses on the property that you did not claim or were not entitled to claim uh, in your tax return, uh, these all get added to the cost. So you, you, you see now the cost base of the property uh, is go, can be around about, let's say if you purchase your property for $150,000, all these costs that we're mentioning right now uh, could possibly range, uh, could possibly come up to about fifty thousand uh, dollars, or even a little bit more. So you're left now with a cost base of two hundred thousand dollars, and not one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So your capital gain is you work out your cost base, and then you subtract that from the actual sale price. So let's say the sale price itself is uh, $300,000. You subtract $200,000 from that, which is $150,000 purchase price, plus all of your other costs, uh, the purchase and selling costs that you were not able to claim a deduction for. Uh, let's say if that amounted to $50,000, your cost base is $200,000. So subtract that from your sale price of $300,000, that'll give you a capital gain of $100,000. Now, let's suppose if you have held the property for at least 12 months uh, or more, you are then entitled to what we call a 50% discount on that $100,000. So now you take 50% of that, which means the net capital gain that you will be paying tax on is only $50,000 instead of $100,000. Now, bear in mind, if you have a company structure, a company is not entitled to a 50% discount on a capital gain. The only structures that are entitled to a 50% discount on capital gain are individuals, trusts, super funds, uh, joint ventures, uh, but not companies. So that's why we usually advise uh, that even if you have a partnership, 
that owns rental property, you are still entitled to the 50% capital gains discount because you're getting a distribution from the partnership as one of the partners. So we re encourage and recommend uh, that you generally uh, do have the property set up in a partnership or in a trust or in a super fund, which is even better. And I'll show you why later on. Now, a... Uh, individual, uh, you would declare a 50% $50,000 capital gain. And in your case, you will just be paying my, your marginal rate of tax. Uh, so if you have other sources of income, uh, you that $50,000 will be added on to your other source of income. And uh, ad additional tax will be paid uh, for that capital gain. Uh, if you're a company, uh, unfortunately, your capital gain will be $100,000 and uh, the company will pay uh, the 27.5% uh, flat tax rate. So if $100,000 is the only uh, income in the company for the year from the capital gain, then the tax on $100,000 is $27,500 if it's a base rate entity. Otherwise, it's $30,000 tax. So that's a lot of money for a company to pay on a capital gain. If you're an individual, then your capital gains uh, tax will be on 50 and uh, you will uh, be entitled to even the uh, low, low income tax offsets, low and middle income tax offsets uh, and any other thing that you as an individual are entitled to. Uh, if you're a trust, well, that $50,000 net capital gain will then get distributed to whoever the beneficiaries are. Now, if you have a super fund, uh, especially a self-managed super fund, that will even be better because if you've held the property for more than 12 months, what happens is uh, the market valuation gets taken up in a self-managed super fund financials uh, and deferred tax gets uh, taken into account. Uh, your capital gains concession now will be a third. So in effect a super fund will be paying 10% on the net capital gain of $50,000, which is $5,000. Now, the other good thing is if your super fund is in full pension mode, uh, both your members or you as a member are receiving pensions, uh, then the good news is that $50,000 net capital gain is exempt pension income, which means, yes, you do include the fact that you've had a capital gains event, but because your fund is in full pension mode, uh, there is no tax on that capital gain. So it's exempt pension income. Now, let's say if you've had the property for less than 12 months. Now, usually you would not have a property for less than 12 months unless there's some extreme circumstances and extreme reasons why you uh, need to have that for less than 12 months and sell. Unfortunately, you won't be entitled to the 50% capital gain discount. Uh, so even if you're in your super fund, you will declare $100,000 uh, capital gain. However, the tax that your super fund will pay is 15% on that, which is $15,000. And then if you had that property in an individual's name or in a partnership uh, for less than 12 months, uh, then you will be... Uh, assessed on $100,000 capital gains and uh, the tax 
payable will be at your marginal individual rate of tax. The same thing with a trust. If the trust had the property for less than 12 months, it needs to declare the assessable income, the net capital gain of $100,000, and then distribute that amount to its uh, different beneficiaries. So you can already see the advantage and disadvantage uh, by having a your property for more than 12 months or for uh, less than 12 months. Now, there are other small business capital gains concessions, uh, but that does not uh, relate to if you have a uh, rental property or an investment property, uh, you won't be able to use those small business concessions uh, in terms of the capital gain. Um, now, I'll discuss in another episode in another totally different podcast, hopefully sometime in the future, uh, the different types of small business concessions that you can use uh, for a capital gain. But rental properties and investment properties is not one of them because uh, it's basically you're earning passive income from the investment and passive income is not business income. Uh, so it, it, it's not a, something that is uh, that you can use a, uh, a small business capital gains concession for. Okay, so we've discussed some of the issues around capital gains. Uh, now the the same goes for uh, residential or commercial properties. Uh, we've already mentioned to you how capital gains can benefit different uh, business structures. Uh, now. If you like to make an appointment, come see me, uh, have a chat. Um, I'm happy to discuss more specific uh, uh, issues with you. But this podcast uh, and the, all these episodes are purely educational. Uh, they're not designed to provide any kind of specific advice. So next, uh, we'll have a look at how to put in uh, your rental uh, schedule in your tax return and how to declare that to the ATO uh, in your uh, tax return on your investment property. So stay tuned for the next episode.